true life and music history. The Ants Human Stars podcast with your hosts, Caleb and Digo. Are you ready? Steady. Go. Okay, story time. Bohemian Rhapsody. Woo! What does that even mean, one might ask? Those two words are just two of many the average person might not be able to define without a dictionary <laughs> when listening to the almost six-minute composition by Queen. Scaramouche is a stock character from the Italian clown tradition, Commedia dell'arte. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Del arte. Del, ar- del arte. He's a fool, but adept at getting himself out of trouble. Trouble. This is uh, Scaramouche? Scaramouche, yes. A fandango is a Spanish is flamenco dance. Is an app. <laughs> is an app. <laughs> is fandango is oh, on yes, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> also um, known in 2019 as an app. <laughs> Galileo was a Florentine astronomer um, in the inclusion of that word um, maybe a nod to band member and noted stargazer Brian May who later on after being in the band Queen went on to earn a PhD in astrophysics what the fuck <laughs> seriously you you can do all kinds of things kids you don't have to stick to one thing um, Figaro is of course taken from the Rossini's opera The Barber of Seville um, Bismillah means in the name of Allah and is the first word in the Quran. But before we go any further, let's just start with those two title words. Bohemian, along with uh, meaning um, a native or inhabitant of Bohemia, also means a person as an artist or writer who lives and acts free of regard for conventional rules and practices. And Rhapsody is defined as an instrumental composition, irregular in form and suggestive of improvisation. Also, an ecstatic expression of feeling or enthusiasm. Enthusiasm and ecstatic feelings are certainly words that probably sum up this one-of-a-kind song written entirely by Freddie Mercury. It's said that Mercury first started developing Bohemian Rhapsody in the late 1960s, and producer Roy Thomas Baker, who began working with Queen in 1972, uh, told how Mercury once played the opening ballad section on the piano for him at Mercury's home. Um, he's saying, quote, uh, he played the beginning on the piano, then stopped and said, and this is where the opera section comes in. And then we went out to eat dinner. Um, guitarist Brian May said the bound the oh, my gosh, I cannot speak to, to tonight. OK, let's just sing the song first. Mama just killed a man. Um Guitarist Brian May said that the band thought that Mercury's blueprint for the song was, quote, intriguing and original and worthy of work. And also, according to May, much of Queen's material was written in the studio. But this song, um, quote, was all in Freddie's mind before they even started. Um, So Mercury told his bandmates that he believed he had enough material for about three songs, but was thinking about blending all the lyrics together into one long extravaganza. <laughs> That's basically what kind of sounds like. Not yeah. in a bad way, but like... Yeah, yeah. It's literally like... I remember when, parts. As, like, as a kid, I would hear... Because my dad would listen to Oldies 100. On, on the, and sometimes I would... You know, I'd catch that song. It was, it's such such a long song. 
and I'd be catching different parts, and I thought it was different songs until one day, the oh, whole track, and I was like, "That's all <laughs> That's one all song? One song. Yeah. What?" Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the final almost six minute mini rock opera became the band's defining song. Uh, Roy Thomas Baker is also quoted as saying, "Nobody really knew how it was going to sound as a whole six minute song." Um, until it was put together i was standing at the back of the control room and you just knew that you were listening for the first time to a big page in history something inside me told that this was a told me that this was a red letter day and it really was they started recording the song on august 24th 1975 at the famous rockfield studios in monmouth wales the song begins with the famous acapella intro is this the real life uh, before embracing everything from glam metal rock to opera a week was devoted to the operatic interlude for which mercury had melodically written out all the harmony parts um, and then for the big choral part the group layered 160 tracks of vocal overdubs uh, what does that mean how it like sounds like a choir um, uh-huh. and in those certain parts like that is them basically kind of what we did the other day with like okay you're singing it you're singing and then you're doing it over and over and over to layer it okay so it sounds bigger than what it is mm-hmm. um than if you know it was just three people doing harmony that just sounds like oh it's a nice little cute trio but mm-hmm. um but all but yeah because they had you know this there's like operatic parts in this and and yeah they were doing so much to make it seem like it was more than just technically only three singers on this like uh, that's true for a long yeah. time i i thought bohemian rhapsody was actually was this huge band no of people. no that's the thing they didn't bring in any choir or anything like yeah. no this was all just the three of them um with tons and tons of of overdubs um so anyways freddie mercury sang the middle register may did the lower register and drummer robert roger taylor excuse me did the high register and john deacon he played bass guitar on the track but he didn't sing um Mercury, May, and Taylor reportedly sang their vocal parts continually for 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, and the entire piece took just under a month to record. Yeah. The record company originally didn't want to put out the single, um, citing that the five minute and 55 second runtime was too long and saying that it would never be a hit. <sighs> Don't listen to. Don't listen to anybody who's going to negatively. Right. Put you down. Exactly. If you believe in something, go for it. This is what we're doing right now. Exactly. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, we don't have that many. We don't really have anybody no negative now. Yes, Everybody's say. like, yes, exactly. Can't wait it. to hear it. Um, but the band was adamant and persistent about putting out the song as a single. Um, so again, according to the producer um, Roy Baker, he and the band bypassed this corporate decision by playing the song for Capital Radio DJ Kenny Everett, um, and he was also really good friends with Freddie Mercury. So they brought him the song um he teased listeners by playing only parts of the song um but then the audience demand intensified um after he played the full song on his show 14 times in two days it's like over a weekend they i guess i gave it to him like on a friday or something and he played it 14 times in two days and tons and tons of uh fans like went crazy and that following monday they went to all the record stores trying to buy them and the record stores were like well it's not even out yet um that same weekend paul drew who ran the rko general state literally have not produced 
the vinyl yeah. thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, put yeah. it into a package and shipped it out to mm-hmm. the stores where you physically well, this is all- pick it out and take it back home, put it on the record. Such yeah. a difference in times. Yeah. But that's also because they did that because the record company didn't want to put out a single. So that right, was their right, way yeah, of, like, yeah. You hear the fact, yeah, the fact that exactly, and it's not out yet. What the fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can you put it out like tomorrow? You know, yeah. I'll I'll download it. But in that, but all that also sucks because nothing. um, There's no anticipation for anything anymore. It's just kind of like, oh, it's coming out, or it'll be out, or or now people just people just put out stuff like without telling you. There's no build up even with like tv shows like there's no more like man the season finale is coming on friday night like let's have a watch party they didn't call them watch parties but it was like you either got together with your family you got together with your friends um so that same weekend that everett had played the song 14 times in two days paul drew um who he was the head of rko general stations in the united states and rko generals is a broadcasting company mm-hmm. um um he heard the track on everett's show um and he managed to get a copy and then he started playing it in the states which then forced queen's u.s label which was electra to kind of like get behind and like oh well we need to play this here so the song was officially released on october 31st 1975 on halloween what? halloween is cool um shout out to halloween town disney channel anybody now back to queen <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the single was released on october 31st 1975 um and then like the month after they put out a video for bohemian rhapsody and it was a really big deal um because this is like seven years before mtv even debuted yeah boy, so way back. it was a big thing to have this video and the video was really iconic they sent it to top of the pops which was like a uk show at the time that was like pretty big and really helped break records and 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 break bands and stuff um so the song went to number one in the uk for nine consecutive weeks which is a record at the time um and it also went to number nine on the billboard hot 100 here in the u.s and that was the band's first top 10 hit um to this day it's the only song to have topped the uk charts twice at christmas so listeners just look that up i don't know the uk has some kind of like christmas chart thing and anyways they topped it twice with the same song that's never been done to this day um also in january 1992 following freddie's death uh the song was re-released as a double a-side cassette single with um the show must go on which i love that song so just epic um and it re-entered the billboard hot 100 chart after 16 years and shot all the way to number two and it's been 17 weeks on the chart and had a year in position of 39 i'm looking at the charts for 1975 and you know song 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 songs i never heard of songs i never heard of and then bohemian rhapsody <laughs> taking up like all these like dates uh-huh. uh but uh i don't know well okay david bowie he did a track uh i don't know oh, david johnny nash uh johnny nash i don't know i I thought i thought that was i'm actually thinking of i bet i probably know the people on that list and you're just like you don't know oh donna summer's on there no there's no black people this is this is a 1975 british uh okay and there's just yeah yeah, no black uh, people i don't think so um uh well elton john is on uh i'm not saying (laughs) he's definitely (laughs) not not black i was like oh there's finally uh somebody i recognize as it gets um Um, yeah anyway 
<laughs> oh, and Tom Jones. Mm. Rod Stewart. All white people. Oh. All white people. Oh. Floyd. Wish you were here. Oh, interesting. By Chicago? No, wish you were here, Pink Floyd. Oh. Number, uh, 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 October 4th. So, wish you were here, Pink Floyd, October 4th, 1975. And then, later that month, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. Girl, these are good times for rock. Rock music, like, was just blowing up. And then, I'd say, yeah. a lot of people, I, I get, this is why people would say that once the 80s hit, rock and roll was dead that's what people say who grew up in that era and mm-hmm. understand that or, well, or believe of, that that's like, what pop really came in big. Right. Um, so this I mean, was still times where like, so remember the 24 analog, they were having to like, this, you had to like, be a real be so, basically, skilled yeah. audio engineer well, to not, get all this out. Well, not only that, just the fact that like this song today could be done probably like all within a week. Um, a but day. Like, I mean, yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah, have yeah, all yeah, the pieces, all, ideas, yeah. record, Boom, out. But the fact that, like, again, um, which I think I, like, said, uh, Freddie had all this in his head. Like, nobody really knew. They didn't know what they were doing until at the end. And then it was like, oh, now we see the picture. But, like, he was the only one who had the picture and was just like, well, this is going here. And everybody's just kind of, like, following, like, oh, okay. Apparently, the piano, I mean, the guitar riff in this song, um, he... Played, Freddie was playing that on the piano, and then Robert May just like you mean followed. the yeah. So he was like, yeah, he like, was doing that on the yeah. He said he was doing that on the piano. He actually said that he didn't think Freddie never thought he was a good piano player, but Robert was I like, could, he thought I he could was amazing. Hear that in a very slow like piano. Yeah, no, no. Apparently, Robert said he played drum. He played piano like people play drums, which totally makes sense. Like I can see him like really just hammering out. No, I'm sure he did, but I'm like I'm picture right now like a like a like a like a Christmas special. Like (laughs) anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it was like like this, man. But you, you know, you gotta, yeah, the guitar, and he was following along while he was like on the piano. Well, I think like he probably played it for him a couple of times, and then he figured out like, okay, well, these are the notes on the guitar, and then he was good to go. But, but yeah, but that came from from Freddie. So it, yeah, it was a, a it's such a feat at that time because of yeah how much work had to go into making you know this. Whereas yeah, today it'd be easy, very simple. And then again, the fact that this all came from pretty much one guy's head. It was all Freddie's, and you know what he had concocted and, and put together and i think it's beautiful that he was able to get that out sometimes i literally those... get like depressed thinking like i know how i want things to sound in my head but like how do i get you uh-huh. to understand what i'm hearing uh-huh. or you to hear what i'm hearing but no, it's also very impressive to have i mean so as you were saying earlier like how they could be how he was maybe he was thinking that it would going to be different tracks or or something like that but but anyway he had like what seemed like different pieces of different songs mm-hmm. and then just put and it how he put them together but it doesn't sound sound like, like they don't belong pretty, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah it is at all a journey through yeah. it and when you're getting to the end you're like mm-hmm. yes it's like this yeah. it feels operatic yeah um, in 2004, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, and Mercury's vocal performance was named by the readers of Rolling Magazine as the best in rock history. I must say, he has like an amazing voice, and I really didn't like get into Queen really until this past year. And 
yeah freddie had an amazing voice he also i heard that he didn't want to get his teeth fixed because he was scared it was going to affect his, the his voice. music his voice and how he sang right yeah. exactly um which i'm i'm glad he didn't because i'm all for like stop fixing stuff on your face people like ugh, just be you okay you are that's something we have to talk about too but anyways um for another day, another time. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is the third best-selling single of all time in the UK. And in December 2018, um, it was officially proclaimed the world's most streamed song of the 20th century, passing 1.6 billion listens globally across all major streaming services. So Which cool. is a huge feat because there are no other tracks released in the 20th century um, that have reached 900 million plays on Spotify as of right now. Going back to listening to the song with my dad in the car, I also was like, how is this track from your generation? Mm Because this sounds fresh. Yeah. It sounds fresh all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can tell it was recorded in a a previous time. Maybe not if you were listening to the authentic vinyl replay. But it sounds so... uh, What's the word? Timeless? Mm -hmm. Timeless and... like i was just like dad what this is not an oldie this is just this song that can be played and be enjoyed any age and see but and songs like that i believe what makes a song timeless is when he clearly wasn't writing that to go along with whatever was the hit on the radio whatever the sound was he was writing like i like this i think it's going to be amazing and let's just do it Mm -hmm. and i think the songs that you know, we call timeless or the albums or whatever across all genres. Um, I think you find that, yeah, it's when people, they, they don't sound like, Oh, just the, what was typically being played on the radio at the time, you know, the, the artists or the producer, or whatever, were just making music that they were like, Oh, we really like this and think it's just good. Also on July 21st of this year, 2019, um, the video surpassed 1 billion streams on YouTube which is also a really big thing. Again, considering that this song came out in the seventies and most of the songs with a billion streams on YouTube, um, are all like new, like Katy Perry and Rihanna and stuff. So in conclusion, the actual meaning of the song as a whole remains a bit unclear, but that hasn't stopped it from living and playing on in the hearts and speakers of people of many generations all over the world. But I think it's best to think of it how Freddie himself described it. He said, quote, it is one of those songs which has such a fantasy feel about it. I think people should just listen to it, think about it, and then make up their own minds as to what it says to them. Which, as a whole, was a really good movie, but there was a lot of... um, That's why I didn't... There was a lot of stuff that's like, that wasn't true. And they kind of made Freddie out to seem like the crazy one who's only one on drugs when they were all doing drugs back then anyways um or like he was the one who's splitting up the band you do drugs that's who you are getting back to the alcohol if you drink if you drink alcohol all the time are you a person who drinks alcohol you do drugs once once you are like they they find the dead body and there's some drugs in the system yeah yeah yeah. drug drug addict found uh, Mm -hmm. yeah it's just that shouldn't have been included i mean at least not i I haven't seen the movie but if it is in the foreground no oh yeah it was like you know there's always talking yeah like him at 
the parties up. Also, they tried to make it seem like he broke up the band because he wanted to go solo. For those of you who don't know, Robert May put out a whole solo album before Freddie had even started work on his solo album. So, again, if you don't, like me, I went into the movie, I don't know about Queen. Yeah, it made Freddie, mm-hmm. it, it made him out to seem like, oh, he was just, he was great. He was this awesome guy, super talented, but at the same time, it was just like, oh, he was so troubled, and everybody else had their life together. Why couldn't Freddie? And it was like, no, they were all a hot mess, and Freddie didn't break up. Yeah, so I didn't like that, and I think it would be a lot different if Freddie was still here. Um, I also thought was kind of the same thing with TLC when they put out their movie. They made Lisa seem like the one who was, you know, she's always drinking and always partying, and and, and it was just like, y'all were all doing that. Like, yeah, you kind of make the person who's dead and can't can't defend themselves as the um they were the troubled one. Um and so anyways, I was um in Wikipedia just looking at some things for the um technicals or whatever. Um uh I forget forgot this, but now I remember it. Crystal. Uh Wayne's World? Yeah, so the 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 had- song was in Wayne's World and that like that also helped because um, that was 1992, and so I think that was like a year after. Yeah, Freddie died in 91, I think, and that also, yeah, the song picked up again because of that. And um, so they, there's, yeah, there's a scene in Wayne's World. They're doing, you know, they're doing the scene and the song. And uh, according to Wikipedia, Mike Myers uh, fought to have that in the movie and the whole track in there because mm-hmm. the director was like i don't want to do a whole fucking scene with this thing and it was like no no no, we're doing the whole scene and the whole song is being played in this movie and we're gonna do it mm-hmm. well they did it and then they released a new queen video but they spliced in some of the wayne's world footage mm-hmm. you know so it was like queen and wayne's world and then people were like up in arms like be like you've they said you whizzed on a Picasso, you know. That's what they were saying. They were uh-huh. like, "Oh my God, whatever." Um, but the band replied, "Thank you for using our song." And Myers, who was astonished, said, "Thank you for even letting me touch the hem of your garments." <laughs> respect, respect. Mm-hmm. I was watching the interview with Freddie, and he was saying how because they were like asking him, like, you know, does he feel pressure to? right maybe like songs that are more political or would have like a serious meaning and he was saying how he wants his music to just kind of take you away to just you know get out of wherever they are or whatnot and he was like you know i'm not a john lennon or stevie wonder um and anyways i just i could i can appreciate that because sometimes i i like artists to like no you need to like talk about something like you have this big platform but i can respect you know somebody who's saying like i'm making music to kind of just take you away from all this heavy stuff and just enjoy. Uh, I also like that it's not. Oh, let's go party on a Friday night because I d- I oh, don't like that. God, that doesn't that doesn't take me away. Oh, That's just so stupid. Many of those. Yeah, and there's too many of those. Um, so when uh, May was asked, Robert May was asked about you know the meaning of the song, he's quoted as saying, "Freddie was a very complex person, flippant and funny on the surface, but he concealed insecurities and problems." and squaring up his life with his childhood. He never explained the lyrics, but I think he put a lot of himself into that song. Um, anyways, that was another um, music history time. Um, music history. 
Thanks for listening to the Ants Human Stars podcast with Caleb and Digo. Stay connected and get updates about new episodes by visiting our website, antshumanstars.com, and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate it.